Hilly Waters by James Green. I woke up again, as I had for several nights, terrified. I switched the light on and looked at the clock by the bed. It was 4.30. My wife stirred and turned to face me. Same again? Yes. I'll go down and make some tea. One for you? No, she said, turning back. You should see someone. Make an appointment. I got up and put my dressing gown on, and before I had left the room, she was back to sleep. Sitting in the kitchen, I counted the nights. There were five, including tonight. Five nights in a row that the same dream had woken me in terror, between three and five. No, that's not quite true. The dream was never exactly the same, but the same man was always there and it was always raining, and people were laughing, which scared me because somehow I knew that everyone was going to die, me included. I could see him, wearing a long cape and a battered peaked cap with a badge. The image would fade, but his laughter would stay, remaining with me all day, that and the rain. I knew it was no good going back to bed, I wouldn't sleep. Fear of returning to the dream would keep me awake. I might doze, but it wasn't worth the effort. How long would it go on? I wondered. I had heard of recurring dreams. Some people had them for years. But if this dream lasted for very much longer, I might well go mad. It seemed to seep into my whole day and poison it. And at night... I was afraid of going to sleep on the return of the dream. It was doing me in. At my age, retired, you need things a bit easy. Not nightmares back to back for a week. I took my tea into the front room and tried to read yesterday's paper again. But the half-hidden, laughing face under the cap was in my mind. Was I mad? Had I already started... I decided to make an appointment. Two bloody days it took me to see the doctor. I'm healthy for my age and I don't fuss. I hadn't seen a doctor for seven years and he seemed to resent it. Said there wasn't much on my notes. <laughs> I felt like a school kid with a bad report. It wasn't my fault I was fit and didn't trouble him with coughs and colds. And it wasn't as if he was interested. He asked me what I ate before going to bed, Pratt. And that was it. He'd shot his bolt. He just wrote a prescription and told me to take two pills with water before going to bed. What were they? Something to make me relax? Bloody tablets. Maybe I should have taken a little axe from the shed and threatened to hit him with it. 
That might have given them some idea of how I felt. Still, I suppose he sees all sorts. I threw the prescription in the bin outside the door of the clinic. It would take more than pills to get rid of Billy. Oh, yes. I knew his name now. Billy. I heard the others calling and laughing over the last two nights. Okay, Billy. As you were, Billy. They're going to get you, Billy. And he laughed back. Don't worry. I'll see that you're in front of me. Next time, Billy. Sometime soon, you'll see. Arse up, head down and back to the missus. <laughs> Why don't you try it so long as you don't mind having your brains shot out? I knew Billy now, all right. He was a soldier. And it was always raining and always muddy because we were in the trenches in the Great War and I was Billy's mate. By now he was with me every night, joking, smoking, drinking tea. We were getting ready to go over the top and Billy, behind a laugh, was scared. He knew he was going to die and I knew I was going to die with him. First he'd be smiling. <laughs> always together, eh? Never alone. Mates, that's what we are. Mates. Then frightened like a kid. You'll, you'll not leave me, will you? What choice did I have? It was as if the days were the dreams now. Even the old woman noticed. You're very odd, she said. Still having those dreams. Try a whiskey before you go up. I did one night. I tried half a bottle, and Billy laughed fit to bust. We were both drunk, and I promised to go over the top with him, stick by him and never leave his side. Wherever we go, I heard myself say, we go together, mates to the end. And I saw a hand, my hand, throw a cap into the air, and saw it get snatched straight away across the back parapet of the trench by a German sniper, they were that good. We'd both stopped laughing and looked up into the empty, wet sky. Nothing lived that went over. Not even a bloody stupid cap. And I woke up sick as a dog. I went back to the doctor. I'm going to die. Oh, yes. What makes you think so? He didn't remember me. I have these dreams every night, and I'm going to die. <laughs> You'll have to be clearer than that. No, nobody dies of dreams. He was right. Dreams don't kill you. I felt the little axe tucked in my waistband under my coat. It was no good. Not even the little axe would make him understand, so I just swore at him and left. He wasn't upset. He didn't even seem to notice. I set off towards the park. I knew there wasn't much more time. Each night the trench got busier, hustle and bustle in the mud, and the sergeant was easing up on us. Always a bad sign. There had even been quite a lot of range finding from our guns. It was like the bastards at staff wanted the Germans to be absolutely sure that we were coming. 
I know the bombardment will make it clear to you that our men are about to come over the top, but here are a few early warnings so you can dig in and then come out afterwards and machine-gun them all as they walk toward you. Little Taffy Evans, a foul-mouthed Welshman who sang hymns all the time, had shot himself in the foot. And, when it was better, they shot him again, but not in the foot. Archie Smalls had gone mad, so they'd taken him away, but they said they'd be sure he was back to go over, even if they had to tie him to a ladder and hold him up for the German bullets. Nobody was getting out of it, least of all me, and the water in the trench was getting worse. The smell of it hung round me all day, and my feet were going bad. I could feel it even when I sat in the kitchen with a cup of tea and the paper on the table. I couldn't fight it. I might as well accept it. I walked about aimlessly in the park and found myself beside the bowling green. It was a sunny, warm day and I sat down on a bench. I was the only cold, damp person there. It was only raining on me and I was the only one who could feel it. I heard the distant crump of another rangefinder. Come in soon, Fritz. Be ready. You all right, mate? I looked up, and there was someone else on the bench. He was old, much older than me. I hadn't seen him, but he must have already been there when I sat down. Yes, I'm all right. Excuse me, Sam, but you don't look well. He must have been well over eighty, but he looked smart. He was wearing a dark blue blazer, a military tie, and light grey trousers. I'm cold, I said. But it's warm today. It's the rain, I said. And the mud, the endless mud. He looked at me more closely. It's not rained in a week, and there's no mud. Can I help you, mate? You don't look well. You look about done in. <laughs> I've seen men like you before. Believe me, you're about to drop. You need an ambulance. If there's something the matter, mate, tell me. It might help. I felt the little axe in my belt under my coat. Maybe he could help. He was old. It would be quick for him. Maybe if I... They would have to do something then. I loosened my coat. I wasn't in my right mind. The only place I've ever seen anyone look as bad as you was in the trenches, and even then, only before going over. Honestly, mate, you're not well. You were in the trenches, I asked. Oh, yeah, saw it all. Sixteen, eighteen, me. Now, I don't know what brought you to the way you are, but I'll tell you this. A little more and you could start choosing your box. I ain't joking. Where were you? I asked him. How do you mean, where was I? What places in the war? Oh, here and there. Arras, the Somme, both times. And quiet bits. We got moved around. Did you know a lot of blokes? <laughs> Too many. They came and went. No anyone called Billy? He thought, and then he said... A couple? Why? Did you ever know a little foul-mouthed Welshman who sang hymns all day? Taffy Evans. And Archie Smalls. Ever heard of Archie Smalls? 
He'd moved down the bench a bit, but now he moved back. Who are you? he asked in a half-angry voice. How did you know Taffy and Archie? You wouldn't even have been born before poor Taffy bought it. Taffy never bought it. He shot himself in the foot and they shot him so nobody else would try the same thing. He seemed perturbed. Who are you? A relative? Well, I had nothing to do with Taffy being shot. It was his own idea, silly bugger. We told him it wouldn't work. What about Billy? Billy who? He knew all right. Billy always laughing. You know Billy who? He bent his head. Yes. I knew Billy. Billy the thief. Although I think his name was Walters or Waters, something like that. Tell me about Billy. There was some defiance in his voice now. What about Billy? He died. So did everyone else, mostly. A few didn't. I got the luck of the draw. Tell me about Billy. I felt like it was colder now and the rain was getting heavier. There was mud on our shoes. Ah, Billy was a thief, he said. If there was one thing no one could abide in a trench, it was a thief. God knows we didn't have much, and what the wet didn't get at, the rats did. But you never stole from your mates. Billy did, that's all. We never did nothing. Just left him alone. Left him totally alone. On the wire. What do you mean? I asked. We went over the top. Those that were lucky came back. But he wasn't lucky. He caught one and got hung on the wire. We thought he was dead. And later he began to scream. Oh, how he screamed. I'll tell you this, he may have been badly hit, but he wasn't in his bloody lungs. He screamed and cried on and off for another day. Then they started shouting. The Germans, shut him up. He's one of yours. Shut him up. No one went to get him. Are you daft? We've seen that before. Lose six men and finally bring in a corpse. Someone, usually the wrong bloody one, gets a gong and the rest have to bury the body. Uh, Billy was nearly dead. He just... He wouldn't do it quietly. So what did you do? What would you think we did? You shot him. Of course we bloody shot him. I've known men go on screaming for days. There were few enough of us back in the trenches and we'd had all we could take. And the Germans joined in. And we all went mad for a bit. It was like everyone took everything out on Billy. He paused, his head down. He was back in the trenches. Anyway, he stopped screaming. And he just hung there on the wire. No. Well, that's the funny thing, because about two days later we were told we could go out and collect bodies. Well, Billy got brought in. I've never seen a corpse with more holes in it, and I've seen a few. It was more holes than body. Well, that's it. That's Billy Waters. Now he's grave somewhere in Belgium with all the others. How come you know about Taffy, Archie and Billy? Someone must have told me. I lied. 
did Billy ever have a friend? No, never. Never from the day I knew him. He used to make up a friend, though. <laughs> Sit and talk to thin air as if there was someone there. He was daft as well as a thief. Still, he went over the top like the rest and died like the rest, so I suppose he's entitled to be with him now in Belgium. We're all the same, dead. He stood up. Glad to have met you. My name's Tommy Squires, corporal in the... And he told me the regiment. We shouldn't have done that to Billy, you know. Not the shooting of him, we had to do that. But all the other holes. It was wrong. He was only a thief. It wasn't as if he was on the general staff. I would have liked to have said sorry. And then he turned and walked slowly out of the park. I hadn't noticed. When did that happen? It was warm. The rain had stopped and the sun was in my eyes. No mud around my feet. No mud anywhere. The axe felt awkward under my coat and I was ashamed to think of it being there at all. I got up and set off home. That night, I slept well. If I dreamt, I don't remember the dream. I never saw Billy Waters again and never heard his echoing laughter. I booked myself on one of those coach trips they organised to First World War battle sites. The missus had said it was morbid and wouldn't come. I wasn't sorry. I wanted to be on my own. I spent most of my time looking round the military cemeteries and eventually found what I wanted. The grave of Private William Waters. I knew it was him because it was the right regiment. Killed in action, October 1916. I kept him company for a while and told him, Tommy Squires is sorry. The sun was shining. It was a nice day. I walked away from Billy's grave and passing the lines of headstones. One inscription caught my eye and I stopped. I wasn't looking for anyone, but I knew this name. Corporal Thomas Squires. Same regiment as Billy. Died of wounds, September 1917. Billy Waters was written by James Green and read by Mark Sangster. Sound editing was by Mark Lingwood. The series producer is Bibby Berkey. It was brought to you by Tempest Productions. And now a word from our sponsor, which is us, Tempest Productions. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
If you enjoyed it and you'd like to help us make more, then why not buy us a coffee via Kofi? That's ko-fi.com forward slash Tempest Productions. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Tempest Productions. Thank you so much for your support.